Go, uh, not the next slide. Go to the, the, the question slide right away. Yeah, we're going to jump right in this morning. You've, had, you've seen this question if you've been here at all the last few weeks. And this kind of frames how we've been thinking about what's been going on the last weeks. What would your life be like if you didn't have to struggle anymore with blank? And I said, don't put a person's name in there. Your struggles are not always their fault. And we've talked about struggling with financial stuff or struggling with spiritual stuff or even like emotional stuff, depression, anxiety, fear, guilt. What would your life be like if those things weren't there anymore? If those burdens, that anxiety, that fear, those sleepless moments at night, those anxious moments in the morning or whenever, what if your life didn't have that? What if the secrets or the secret sins of your life weren't there and they weren't even a temptation anymore? What would, that, what would life be like? A couple follow-up questions. This is a sharp question. What are you repenting of these days? This relates to the last question. You're like, wait a minute, that's a strong word, repent. Matt, why don't you just come with a repent or perish sign? You know, I almost thought about that. You know, one of those repent or perish. Jesus said that in the Gospel of Luke, repent or perish. And it's like, no, he wasn't threatening people with hell. He was saying, if you're not dealing with something that you're giving God chance to redeem and give uh, freedom and recovery to, then he, Jesus wasn't threatening people with hell. He was saying, your life's not going to be what it could be. Yeah, there's judgment, there's eternal judgment, but Jesus was saying, you don't turn, you don't change, you don't actively work on those things. So the question again is, what are you actively giving God space to change in your life right now? Is it an attitude? Is it a habit? Is it a mentality? Is it a, what is it? What are you actively repenting of these days? And again, that's not a heavy-handed question. It's a, where, is, where are you giving God space to work on? Here's another question. This is following up to what we're going to be doing today. Are you aware of your own failings and how they affect your relationships? Are you aware of the ways in which the parts of your character that aren't fully alive, awake, and free affect your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter, your mom, your dad, your friends, your enemies? Are you aware of how that part of you has effect on people that maybe isn't always life-giving? Are you aware? Next question. How easy or hard has it been for you to find safe people to confide in and be supported by? Because you might think, well, I've got this stuff. I've got this thing I'd fill in the blank in terms of what would life be like if I didn't have to struggle with this, but I don't know who to talk to about that. I'm embarrassed about that. I don't want somebody to judge me about that. And I've tried talking to people that I thought were safe, and I kind of got thrown back in my face, and that doesn't feel very good. So why would I want to do that again? So again, how easy or hard has it been for you to find safe people to confide in and be supported by about that stuff in your life? All right, next one. How do you rate yourself in being real and open about your faults and weaknesses with God and with others? We're not going to ask you to, you know, hold up a five or a four or a three or a two or a one. I'm not going to do that. But how would you rate yourself? How would your friends rate you? How would your spouse rate you? Your kids, your parents, your whoever. How would, how would people rate you at being real and open about your faults and weaknesses with God and with others? And right now you might be thinking, well, this seems kind of heavy. Repent, false and Are we supposed to feel bad about ourselves? No, we're supposed to be honest about ourselves because Jesus wants us to be free. All right, that's what we're getting. So don't, next one. What we've been talking about the last few weeks is imagine you alive, awake, and free. And most of those questions we just asked, if not all of them, 
will start to get at the core of the issues in your life or my life that keeps us from being alive, awake, and free. And you know that, and I know that. The verse we've been talking about over and over the last few weeks, and I want us to all read it out loud and together. This is Jesus in Luke chapter 4 where he's announcing this is his mission statement. This is why he came. So let's read it out loud and loudly. Here we go. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. That's us. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. That's us. And recovery of sight for the blind. That's us. To release the oppressed. That's us. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor to us. He's talking about us. His mission is you. His mission is me. He's not talking about those people who have those problems and those sinners over there who can't get their lives together. He's talking to us. And what really irritated people in this particular passage, the Jewish people in his hometown, he knew he was talking to them and they didn't like it because it was offending their pride. They tried to push him off a cliff moments later. All right? So... I want to challenge you to get away from the they and us mentality. And part of the way we're going to do that today is I'm going to ask some of they who are part of us to come up here and talk about some stuff in their lives where there may have been oppression or prison, they're in prison or whatever, all right? So I'm going to ask, uh, let's see, Chris, Trevor, you know who you are. I'll, I'll, when I see you, I'll know your names. Um, one of the things, I'm going to introduce them when they get up here. Let's see. Uh, we're missing a mic here. Trevor and Rest, you guys sit on the end there. And then Chris and Sandy. There's Sandy. All right. I don't care. You guys just, the three of you sit where the mic is. All right. Now, uh, Trevor and Vanessa Babcock. Right here, Sandy. Right here where the mic is. Sandy Leafers, uh, Chris Burke, and uh, David White. All right. They have all, among others, have been part of a um, ministry group whatever you want to call it. It's called Celebrate Recovery. It's a, uh, it's a program where you seek healing and get healing and really try to get better from stuff in your lives. Um, and when we use the word recovery, we often think, oh, wow, addictions, alcoholic, all these big problems. But the reality is every single one of us has addictions because addictions are anything that you do out of habit that if you stop doing it because it wasn't good for you, it would cause you trauma. I have those things. You have those things. They may not be chemicals or they may not be big, the big ones, but we have stuff like that. This is not an infomercial for Celebrate Recovery, although we're going to encourage you to consider being a part of this ministry in the future. All right? But the principles we're going to talk about are going to be uh, huge and should be part of every single person's life here. So I already introduced them. Um, I had a list of questions. I have them in my pocket now. Okay, I'm not a very good interviewer. Okay, this is not my questions. These are my notes. I know the first question anyway. The first question is, uh, and Trevor and Vanessa have kind of helped lead the ministry. They won't be answering as much unless they want to. They told me they'd rather just kind of be flies in the wall here to uh, some degree. But uh, so Celebrate Recovery is a weekly group. Uh, Dave, just explain, what, what is Celebrate Recovery? And then I, I'll have a follow-up question. You answer that question, I'll ask right. others. Um, yeah, so Celebrate Recovery uh, is essentially um, it's a 12-step program that you can work through um, similar to Alcoholics Anonymous or Sexaholics Anonymous where uh, instead of saying your higher power or that there is a higher power, that your higher power is Jesus Christ. Um, and in turn... 
I mean, just on a weekly basis in uh, the 12-step program, or in this, I guess they call it a step group, um, as well as with a sponsor, um, you just walk through your junk, um, whatever it is that you're addicted to. Um, as I've heard them put it, and I think this is a tagline for the group, it's your hurts, your hangups, and your habits that are robbing you of your joy with God, um, robbing you of that relationship. Um, and so, yeah, we meet uh, on a weekly basis. We talk about just what's going on in our lives. And so what brought you to the group, Dave? Your turn. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah. Um, no, this, this is, we talk, Jesus talked about he came to help us recover a seed to be free from our past. And these are those people, and you probably realize now, these are us people. These are me. I'm, I, all right. So what brought you to the group? Why'd you go? Yeah. Um, when I first heard Trevor and Vanessa kind of share their stories up front here, I think it was like June or July or something like that. Um, it was something that like, just kind of that signal in your brain that goes off where the Holy Spirit says, this is what you're doing. This is what you need. Um, my particular addiction is consumption. Um, uh, it, I will consume mass amounts of media, Netflix, YouTube videos, whatever. So much so that, you know, like two or three hours will pass and I'll go. So, so that's an addiction? Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my that's my addiction. Um, it, it includes uh, you know pornography because that's what I've been exposed to throughout my entire life. Um, but it, not my entire life. Wow, that sounded really dramatic. Um, it, but really, it's like I'll go home uh, for a half hour to watch uh, or not to watch to uh, to eat lunch. I'll be like, hey, I'm just going to put in an episode of The Office, watch that, and then I've got administrative to work to do work to do all afternoon, and so I'll, I'll knock that out. Suddenly, it's like three hours later. I've burned through a CD, CD and a half, or a DVD and DVD and a half of The Office, and it's like, oh crap, I've got all this work to do. Where did my time go? Um, that's that's addiction for me. Um, just. Yeah, seeking out, avoiding pain, avoiding work, avoiding whatever through media. So. Okay, Chris, how about you? What brought you to the group? Now, let me say, too, I, I've told all these people, and I'm going to highlight, incredible spiritual courage come up here and kind of open up yourself to others. So uh, my hope is we all become this way. All right, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, so my experience was similar to Dave's um, when I heard Vanessa and Trevor talking about Celebrate Recovery. Uh, there was something that went off that made me think, this is probably something I should do. Um, but initially, like Matt said, my thinking was, well, I'm not an alcoholic, I'm not addicted to drugs, so maybe it's not for me. Um, and continue to hear about it, continue to feel the Holy Spirit work on me, uh, but I fought it because I didn't want to admit that there was something I was addicted to um, and didn't want to get into like the 12-step thing. I thought, no, I'm too good for that, or I don't need that, it's not that bad. That's for them people, right? That's for those kind exactly. of people. Exactly, yeah. Um, so eventually just my addiction was just destroying my relationships around me, uh, was changing me personally in the way I interacted with other people. Um, and actually had a couple of people approach me and say like, you are not yourself. You're not, you need to do something about this. And so that was kind of where I was like, okay, well, that's where the Holy Spirit was. And if I hadn't thought it, it probably would have, um, occurred sooner, but yeah, that's, that was kind of my involvement. Okay. Sandy, how about you? Why did you go? Why, why did, what piqued your interest? Why did you think you needed this kind of? Um, I've always been fascinated with addictions. You know, it's, not, it's not on. Sorry. I don't think it's on. Go ahead. There you go. Um, can you hear me now? Um, I've been fascinated with addictions, even though I'm not addicted to a substance, but I somehow relate to them. I relate to the self-hatred, the, just the wanting to change but just can't constantly and um, I read a lot of books and so um, 
when I heard Trevor and Vanessa, um, I knew that they would be a safe place. Um, and so I struggle with anxiety, anger, depression, and just strong feelings of dread at the beginning of every day. Um, and I just long to be free from that, and um, especially anger. So that's it. Um, Elk, we'll come back this way. Um, what was it like going to your first meeting? Because <laughs> you didn't know what to expect. You didn't know if they were going to force you to dump your soul on the table and dissect it. And I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't worried about that. I think um, it was the lie that, oh, you're really not that bad. You don't need to go. Um, Brent um, arrived early at the baseball game to relieve me so that I can go. And he was so early, in fact, that it gave me time to think. And I, I wrote it down. I just reread it. Um, that I was thinking, well, maybe, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe um, I can just overcome this on my own. I don't need this group. Now, and I, now, right there, maybe I can overcome this on my own. My guess is every one of us have had that kind of self-talk about an issue that you are still struggling with. Maybe I can do this on my own. And the question I'll ask is, how's that been working for you? And right. so uh, I went, and at the beginning, we watched a video, and um, I was feeling nothing, and um, just kind of numb, actually. And then um, as soon as you have to introduce yourself and say what you're struggling with, I started crying and, um, and really realized that I needed to be there. How about you, Chris? What was your first experience like going to where you were going to meet? And again, this, this is not about necessarily trying to get you engaged in this. It's trying to get you to understand this is, a, this is a really healthy way just to live the Christian life. Go ahead. Yeah, so I was super nervous uh, going to my first one. And when I got there, my fear was, okay, this is going to be the typical like 12-step thing that we all have the impression of. You know, introduce yourself, and everyone says, hi, Chris. Uh, <laughs> so when I got there, I was like, this is a 12-step thing, and we do do the introduce yourself thing. So I was like, oh, my gosh, am I going to keep doing this? So I was like, generally, I'm a pretty talkative and open person. I was super closed off. Um, did because, not Because do why? What was closing you down? I think, honestly, I think a lot of the getting involved process was just I didn't want to admit that I needed to be there. Okay. And I think it was the same case the first meeting and probably the first couple was I just wasn't fully invested in the point that I didn't want to admit, okay, I do need to be here. I do have an addiction that I need to seek help for. Okay. And let me follow up that. Because why? What's hard about admitting what, what do you have to push through? I mean, I think for me it was the, the pride issue that okay. I do have something that I need to work on, and it is as bad as anyone else that's here. Okay. So I, I think, like I said before, my initial impression was, well, I'm not an alcoholic and I don't struggle with drugs, so I don't need to be here, or I don't need it as bad as someone who struggles with that. Um, so I think I needed to push through admitting it's not just those two things that I typically categorize it in that would be something that's as severe that you would need to seek help for. Yeah, we tend to think that somebody has addictions with capital A and ours is a small A addiction or we have a small P problem. And the reality is Jesus said, I came to set all of you free and none of you are necessarily better than others. Dave, how about you? What was it like going to your first meeting or what fears, anxieties did you have? Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, so I work for a ministry here on campus, and um, I don't know if Matt suffers with this problem, but when you work in the ministry, the assumption is that you have it all together. Um, that's both a, a, a 
from people looking into your life, they assume you have it together. And from me looking out of my life, sometimes I assume I have it all together. And <laughs> reality is I don't. Uh, plus, like, I'm huge on respect. I'm huge on pride. Um, you know, I'm very proud of what I do. Um, but at the same time, it's like to walk into this uh, meeting and be like, yeah, I do have a problem. I mean, it's something that is robbing me of my relationship with Christ, taking joy out of my relationship with my wife um, because it's, yeah, just hampering me. Um, I will say that I was incredibly disappointed in Trevor and Vanessa the first night because there was not uh, stale donuts and coffee. Um, <laughs> so I, I, unlike Chris, I wanted to embrace the 12-step thing. I just wanted to, you know, so, but, uh, yeah, no, it was... It was good. It was hard. Um, yeah, it was everything that I, I, I thought it would be as you start to just dig into the crappy place in your life that you spend the majority of your life avoiding. So uh, so you answered a part, but what, what did this cost you? I don't mean dollars and cents. What was the cost? Of course, there was time. There was, you know, there was gas money or whatever. But what, what did you have to push through? What, mem- what did you have to push through to kind of not just go to the first meeting but go back? And go back and go back and go back. And then we're going to talk about what, what was benefit out of it, but let's talk about right. the cost first. Uh, yeah, the cost for sure was reputation. Um, you know, even to stand up here before you guys, like most of you probably recognize my face just because my wife and I have been coming to Exodus for a while. But it's like to have you guys know that, like, I'm broken um, sucks. Because uh, I want you to think that there's I'm, a Greek word for that, I think. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, I, I want you guys to think that I'm amazing. I want you guys to think that I'm wonderful. Um, and the reality is, I'm not. And, and uh, there are good aspects of me. I mean, I, I don't want you guys to think that this is just a doom and gloom group where you sit here and you wallow in your misery. Um, but it, it really is like to embrace the fact that, um, yeah, I'm broken and that. Uh, as Trevor put it once in our in one of our meetings, like it blows my mind that the Savior of the universe finds me not guilty every time. Uh, like I just don't, I don't think I've really grappled with that before until uh, I've gotten into this group. So, so it's cost me my reputation to myself. Okay. Um, How about you, Chris? What would it cost you? Yeah. So I think it's kind of been what I've been talking about. Um, initially, when I heard about this, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't need that. Um, and so I think the cost for me was just admitting that, I, uh, similar to Dave, like admitting that I do have a problem, uh, admitting that I do need help and that I do need to be in this group. Um, and even the first couple uh, meetings we went to, I was still paying that cost. Um, but I think the payback or the reward that I've gotten from uh, being faithful for that is not even doesn't even compare to my cost or contribution. Um, my cost seems so small to um, the response that God has given to me. So, um, yeah, I would encourage you if if you are like me and you're feeling even like a little bit of maybe I should be involved in this. Don't fight that like I did because um, I'm really glad that I got involved in this. And I think if I wouldn't have uh i'd be in a lot worse position than i am now so it's interesting one of the words he used was and i think dave used to admitting that i have a problem or admitting that i have flaws in my character the the, the biblical word for confession uh to confess to one another literally means to agree with so when we confess we're agreeing with god about what he really sees inside of us and it Scripture seems to indicate that true confession, agreement with God is only genuine if that agreement is also spoken before people. 
if, 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 if you're honest about how you really think God sees that part of you, it's, James says, confess your sins one to another. And it's not as a, oh, punitive, beat yourself up. It's more of, no, you're, that's the, that is step one over and over again to the pathway of freedom. Alive and awake and free, does not, you cannot not pass through admitting you have issues. You can't. You can't. That is like, you can't, you have to go to jail, whatever, go to jail free, whatever, the monopoly stuff. You have to go through that tunnel first. You have to. But what's on the other side is way, 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 way more desirable. So, Sandy, how about you? What was the cost for you? Um, what was the push through for you? Uh, week after week after week after week. That I have to change. That you. I have to change. You have to change. Uh, because why? Because you, the first step is de, uh, addressing denial, and I don't want to. I think if I'm honest, I think I I kind of take um, comfort in my anger, my depression, and my anxiety of how strange that sounds. But to be free from that, to really be released from that, I um, I have to change. <laughs> It's interesting because one of the things that Jesus, he was going to heal somebody who was a crippled man by a pool. And Jesus asked the question, which seems kind of an insensitive question, do you want to get well? And it's like, come on, Jesus. the guys. But I think what Sandy's saying is, I'm not sure if I wanted to get, right? Yeah, yeah. So you would have been like, um, I kind of like the pattern I'm living in now. There's some degree of comfort and anger and things like that. And getting well means some stretching and discomfort. And I, and I don't know who I'll be if I can't be angry and anxious, right? Yeah. So it's not a dumb question Jesus asked, and it's not a dumb question you ask any of us. Do you really want to get past that stuff in your life? Um, Trevor, if you guys want to add anything, you're just kind of... I've told you, you can sit down and fly on the wall, but I'm sure one of you has something to... Well, I mean, uh, my experience when I was first coming, the biggest cost for me... Um, was actually just time. Um, like I had pretty much shared, I think I had literally shared every terrible thing that I'd done or been through. Like I've had extensive counseling (laughs) and, uh, and so it wasn't like, you know, digging through that deep stuff was tough, but it was really just like, wow, I've got to like take this spiritual inventory step four. Like I've got to write out a lot of what I'm struggling with, and I've got to show up to meetings, and um, that was that was honestly for me the hardest part, just just showing up. And so I hope that's encouraging. That it's like you know not everyone. I don't know. No, no, no. I think part of part of the way we give Jesus space to bring healing and recovery in our lives is we've got to got to kind of show up at his office a little bit, which is not necessarily the church, but you've, we've got to be at a place where we give him access. Vanessa, anything? Um, for me, I wasn't used to addressing with my emotions. I'm typically a pretty optimistic person, so I'm like, I'm happy, I'm fine, I'm good. I have the secret sin, but whatever, I'm fine. <laughs> um, it kind of robs me of my peace, but I'm fine. <laughs> um, so for me, I, I guess what the cost was, was like the energy to work on emotional things or like address emotional and spiritual things. I, I mean, I was used to spiritual things, but not emotional things. Um, and, they're, and they're kind of tied together anyway. They are, yeah. So for me, it was exhausting, like emotionally, to like, okay, how am I feeling? Well, I don't want to open that can of worms because that's just exhausting to work through. And what if there's no resolve at the end right now? 
that's exhausting, that's, you know, whatever. So it, and that is still kind of my journey. That's one of my weaknesses, I think, that Satan really uses to steal my peace. So I have to go every week. And the more I go, the easier it is because the less crud builds up and the more I'm used to sharing and looking at myself and taking, I don't know, being honest and open with myself, with others, and with God. And that's, originally that was really difficult and tiring to do, where I would just avoid it. Okay. I'm going to start by carrying with Dave, and this will be kind of the, 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 the last question for this morning. And I'm sure all, the, all of them will be willing to talk to you afterwards. Change. I, I mean, is it, is it worth it? If you, had to, I mean, if you had to rate yourself in the alive, awake, and free meter, is, this, is hopefully the line's going up and to the right, or what does that look like? And what's interesting, too, in the Bible, when Jesus, he did a lot of instantaneous healing, but it was mostly physical healing, instantaneous. It, you, you don't see a pattern of somebody coming to Jesus and saying, I had this desperate problem with overconsumption of media and, and the kind of addiction and stuff like that. And Jesus said, okay, boom, you're healed, no more. There, there are ways in which some of that healing, we have, to, we have to partner with Jesus along the way and give him space to really unravel all the stuff that's been tied up inside of us probably for years. But so, uh, alive, awake, and free. Have you seen change? Is, is, are you hopeful? Yes, I am hopeful. Um, yeah, and even just to reemphasize what Matt said, uh, please come talk to us. Um, you know, th- this is something that, uh, you know, even though I'm in the ministry, uh, I'm big on evangelism and discipleship, and I, and I routinely get into guys' lives and guys get into my lives um, multiple times during the week. Um, I have never had the opportunity to experience God in this way before, and it has been just amazing. Um, and so to answer Matt's question, uh, I used to really be about like management and accountability, where it's like you put the blocks on, you, you, you discipline your time, and you can take care of it. I'm very self-reliant. Um, and now I think this is the first time that I've really started to grapple with freedom and healing. Um, where the point isn't to work your way out of your sin. Um, the point is to um, be healed from it, and that's a process, and that takes time. And so I, I would venture to say that on you know, moving up the scale, um, yeah, that, that healing is happening. It's not complete. Sobriety is, in, in, in my particular addiction, sobriety is really hard to come by because we're inundated by media all the time, and it's just... You know, it's like I want to consume, but I don't, and so forth. Um, but yeah, uh, healing is happening. How about you, Chris? What do you, have you? Are you glad you're doing it? Do you think? Have you? Is God given? Is, do you see healing from Jesus in your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my struggle is with pornography, um, and I think that's a struggle I know a lot of men uh, struggle with. And that's not to alienate women at all, but um, the men I've been around also struggle with it. And so we had tried so many things with accountability or what, whatever measure uh, we wanted to put in. I just continued to struggle with it. I could not stop, but I wanted to, and I think that's addiction. Um, and so getting involved with this is the first time I've really seen freedom from that addiction. And I think um, it gets at the heart of the matter that do I treasure Jesus more than this? Uh, rather than can I stop for a week or can I stop for a week and a half or whatever it is. Um, I think not to say that accountability or those measures are wrong, but I think the way I was going about it, it was getting at more what's the amount of time that I can stop viewing pornography rather than what do you really treasure and how do you wrestle with that. 
Thanks. How about you, Sandy? Thanks, Chris. Um, Growth, think, change, benefit. Yeah. I think um, especially you have to do your inventory and you have to list all your resentments and how it affects you and who you need to forgive. And I think I was hoping for this uh, Disney ending where all of a sudden the sky would break and... A whole new world. Yeah. (laughs) And there would be a song in my heart and everything would be perfect. And um, (laughs) it didn't work out that way. Um, It's an ongoing process, but I'm so aware of it. And I think uh, the things that I hold on to is living one day at a time. That's been crucial for me. Also, how to show up in a new way, that's really important, because when you're used to responding in a certain way over and over and over, um, it's been really challenging to show up in a new way, and I'm painfully slow at it, but I am moving. (laughs) Time-wise, this is all we have for this morning, but I am going to ask Trevor, and and again, uh, Trevor and Vanessa's email is in the purple sheet. If you wanted to get hold of the other three, I'm sure if you just emailed Trevor or Vanessa, they'd give their emails to them. If you just want to have coffee or touch base, I'm sure they'll all talk this morning. But uh, if somebody's interested in, particularly in Celebrate Recovery, we're going to talk about what the, the next step. But even if, even if you're like, I, I don't know if that's for me, you may figure out something, listen to Jesus, there's something he may want. Maybe it's just sitting down with a trusted spiritual friend and say, can I talk about stuff, something in my life I can't seem to get around? Do something. Because the way you're handling it probably isn't working. I mean, I had, like, I, I shared, a, you know, I've, I've had my own addictions. I've shared before in church that my addictions with pornography when I was in seminary. And it, it doesn't just go away by trying harder. Something, you have to do something that probably humiliates in a good, humbles yourself, not humiliate, humbles yourself. Do something because what you're doing probably isn't working to be alive, awake, and free. So the next step for CR would be... Yeah. Um. Okay, next steps. Um, what CR been, again stands for Celebrate Recovery. Yeah. So we don't do lingo. Yes. Next steps. Um, we, what we've been describing to this point is the step study. Okay, and that's, that's a smaller group. It's like five or six people. All men, work, all women. Yeah, yeah. Uh, gender divided. Um, and you work through, you get workbooks, you work through them. Um, and these are closed. Like after, after about the third step, like that, that's what the group is. We don't allow newcomers. Okay. So that's one thing. We're going to have another group. I think David was already excitedly planning uh, uh, our next uh, men's group to start up. That's going to be in a couple months. What's also going to happen, and you'll see this in the announcements very soon, is that we're going to start up the large group. Okay. And the large group is, you know, though I'd love for everyone to come all the time, it's, it's less commitment. Uh, than this than the step studies we've been talking about um, and it's a it's a two-hour deal and since you've been to church the first hour is going to be very familiar to you it's it's worship um, and it's typically once a week yeah it's once a week probably on a weeknight is when you'll yeah, hear about it on a weeknight um, first hour is uh, worship for like 20 minutes like announcements like you see here and then some sort of either a talk about one of the steps or somebody shares their testimony for like a half an hour and that to me, like the testimonies I've heard have, you would not believe, like you can't surprise me anymore. You cannot. Um, it's amazing what God is, I've, what I've seen God do. The second hour is that typical, um, do anybody see Wreck-It Ralph with like the, the, the villain sitting in the circle? Hi, I'm a villain. And um, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. And it's incredible to me how impactful that has been in my life. Um, 
I'm Trevor. Here's what I've been dealing with this week. And, uh, and so we give a whole hour over to that share group. And that's it. Okay. Um, do you want to add something? The rules. Oh, oh. the rules. The oh. rules. I mean, that's to me, like, though. the share group, like, sounds very... I, I hate confrontation, <laughs> or I, I do not like that sort of thing. I'm getting more comfortable with it. Anyways, but there are set guidelines to which the facilitator in the group holds everyone to. Everyone has five minutes to speak. So no one can hijack the time. No one hijacks. No one talks back at you and tells you everything you need to know. We rely on the Holy Spirit to speak to everyone individually, and that is it. Everything that's said in the group stays in the groups, like Las Vegas. And, and yeah. all these are good analogy, some of the kind of songs, like, anyways. So, I mean, there are guidelines to which we are very strict about because we are so concerned that this is a safe place. Once that is gone, uh, how vulnerable, vulnerable can you be? So. I have to admit, when, when I first started and you just share, but you don't say anything back, it's, it, it felt strange, but... Um, as we went along, it got more comfortable, but it really does give the chance of the Holy Spirit to work, and we're not trying to fix each other or give each other advice. And then listening to other people confess and struggle is uh, is empowering because you realize that you're not alone and that you're not the freak that you yes. think that you are. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Thank you. Um, Again, feel free to contact Trevor and Vanessa or through them, the others. And I'm sure if you find them afterwards, they'll be happy to talk to you. So thank you very much. I'm going to clap again. Yeah, actually, uh, if, if the five of you don't mind when, you're, when we're done, if you stand over by the flag, if somebody just wants to say hi, hi to you or talk to you or whatever or connect with you. But um, again, the Bible says that God honors those. He honors those who are contrite in heart. He honors the humble. He honors those who are strong in admitting about their brokenness. And uh, actually says God does this to the proud. People who are unwilling to deal with their stuff says God strong arms them because God finds great pleasure, incredible pleasure in setting free people who are willing to open up to whatever he wants you to do and be honest about yourself. So we finish every, every Sunday at Exodus with communion. And we do that again because, even, you know, we're, they were... Trevor was talking about the steps and all those things. All those steps are principles that come straight from Scripture and from the teachings of Jesus about how to become alive, awake, and free. And in some way, every one of those steps would somehow probably eventually go back to Luke chapter 4 when Jesus said, this is what I came. I came to set people free. So uh, here's how we do it at Exodus. We're going to start singing a few more songs. Um, as soon as we start the next song, you're welcome to come up for communion. We just come up by, we don't come up by rows. We just come up either the center or the two side aisles. Someone's going to offer you bread. You tear off a piece. Somebody's going to offer you a cup, the cup. Just dip it in. We don't uh, drink out of it. Just how we do it here. We dip it in. And anybody is welcome who wants, without condition as far as you understand, who wants more of the healing power of Jesus in your life. That's what the cross is about. That's what his resurrection is about. All right? Um, uh, during the second song, these will be passed. We're going to be passing those for offering during the second song. So you'll be standing singing probably, but just watch for it. Pass it along. Um, 
and, and give if you have uh, uh, gifts to give financially this morning. All right, let me pray, and then we're going to sing. Oh, in the same time, I'm sorry, over in the side, uh, in the side room, uh, under the backboard, there are people there to pray for you. And maybe something even today, just pick kind of a, a thought that you want prayer for. Could be something totally unrelated today. Uh, but that's over there in that room for you if, uh, for that. So, Jesus, we're grateful that you came, and you did come to set us free. You didn't come to be our uh, advisor. You didn't come just to help us out. You came to set us free. And I thank you for those who have shared today. And I, we pray, Jesus, that all of us will live out the life of communion, live out your body and blood given for us to set us on this new and living way. And we're grateful. And we ask this all in your name. Amen.